This is episode 175 of Shades Midweek. If you're joining us for the first time, this is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. Thanks so much for listening week in and week out to those regulars. This is being brought to you from Three Stream Studio as usual. My name is John Mark Darrow, and I'm joined by both of our other co-hosts this week. Praise the Lord. We have Jonathan Haves and Brad Brown here. Do you, uh, do you boys need some caffeine? Both of y'all just had really big yawns just a second ago. <laughs> it's kind of that mid-morning yawn. Listen, I after am... The, after the coffee is starting to wear off Man, I'm bit. fired up mm-hmm. and ready to go. I've been awake since 5 a.m., boys. Let's just rock and roll this thing. Wow, 5 a.m.? Is it because you got up early yesterday? No, well, I did get up early the day before that, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I actually have a confession as to why I'm feeling so chipper this morning. Um, oh, did you do drugs or? <laughs> <laughs> no. Not that we're applauding that. No. So I did get up uh, really early uh, yesterday because um, we had our men's discipleship group. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but uh, so when I got home yesterday, I was exhausted. I walked in. Holly could tell I was exhausted. She's like, hey, why don't you go lay down for a minute? So boys... I laid down at 6 p.m. yesterday, and sometime between 6 and 6.30 when my wife called me to tell me dinner was ready and I missed that call, sometime between there, I fell asleep, and she chose to let me sleep. I didn't wake up until 11 p.m., and I woke up kind of, like, confused. Very confused. We've and all I been just, there. I just went to the bathroom and then went back to bed and slept until five. Man, I slept like eleven hours or something like that last wow. night. Wow! So yeah, That's so great. I'm rocking and rolling today, man. <laughs> Your body needed it, obviously. Apparently, yeah. apparently. Well, so really, the moral of the story is, is I have an amazing wife. I was going to say came in and saw me and was like, "I'm going to let him sleep. I'm just going <laughs> to let it happen." <laughs> wow! Way to go, Holly. So anyway, but. What's going on in you, in y'all's world? You know, I know you're tired, but maybe that's because you've been watching too much football. Yeah, we I did we, it. We were, I did it. I opened just, it up, he, Tanisha. Just, no, just setting it up. We were we but, were gonna. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I was gonna skip it today, and then and then Jonathan brings it up. <laughs> yep. John, uh, John Mark just got a dopamine hit. I can't help but bait it. y'all. I can't. I can't help it. It's too easy. Well, here's what I'll tell you. One interesting factoid that came about from this past weekend is that the highest-rated college football game this season was between Colorado and Colorado State, (laughs) and that happened this past Saturday. Now, here's what's crazy. Not only is it the highest-rated college football game of the 2023 season so far. Wait, what does that mean, highest-rated, meaning most most people viewed it? Most viewed, most watched. So I think it came in averaged over nine point something million viewers, which outpaced the Florida State LSU game this year, which which had been number one up until that point. The Bama Texas game was pretty high too, but not as high as this game. It reached a peak at over eleven million viewers in kind of uh, the first quarter of the game. The game kicked off at 9.30 Central Standard Time. So this was a late kickoff. That's another kind of amazing thing about this stat. 10.30 on the Eastern on the East oh Coast. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and it was an epic game. The game went into double overtime. Did you watch the whole thing? 
I did. Man, so I stayed up till one thirty oh watching my that word. game. So I, I fell was, asleep during the fourth quarter and this woke explains up. A, this explains a lot about Sunday morning, actually. I fell asleep yep. during the fourth quarter. <laughs> I woke up and Colorado State had scored again before I while I was asleep. So I was thinking, man, there's no way Colorado's going to come back. It's twenty eight seventeen. There's only like nine minutes left. But I was at that point. I was I had stayed up, so I was like, I got to finish this game. D- did the Buffaloes win? They did. They won in double overtime. It was wow. an incredible comeback. Shadir Sanders, Dion's one of Dion's sons, uh, just had an incredible ninety eight yard drive uh, to tie the game. So it was it was an incredible incredible game. But everybody's talking about the Buffaloes, man. Man, so Coach this is Pride. the only contribution I have to make to this conversation, and it's not even really a contribution. Um, after our conversation, the the last time uh, where I joked about becoming a Texas fan, I did watch part of the Texas game. Oh man, they almost I, like, lost. Oh. I paid a little <laughs> bit of attention, so maybe maybe it's happening. I don't know. Um, but then after y'all's big talk about Colorado, I looked it up. I was like, well, who are they playing? And I saw the start time of 930 and was like, nope, <laughs> not watching that. Now, Jonathan, we know your personality. If you're going to be a Texas fan, you can't just occasionally watch. I know. You got to start buying gear. Yeah. You got to start listening to Texas podcasts. Well, Don't I they mean, have their own TV station? The easy thing they is used that to, but it kind of fell through. The easy thing is that my favorite color is orange, so I already own a ton of orange stuff. There so, you go. You know, I mean, I do have a pair of Longhorns hanging in my office, which has nothing to do with having been a Texas fan. Right, but it's a start. But it could easily swing that way. Okay. So, I That'd don't know. That'd be fun with Texas coming to the SEC. I know. Yeah. I know. Mm. That could be fun. I'll consider. I'm, I'm making it a matter of prayer. <laughs> they have a good team this year. They could yeah. They could easily make it to the playoffs. So, oh. it's very possible. Well, is there anything else burning in college football that y'all feel the need to talk about before I apologize well, to Tanisha one more time? On the on the Colorado front, they are playing Oregon this week, who is also a top-ranked uh, Pac-12 Pac team. Uh, oh, yeah. See, I know a few things. And Bo Nix is their quarterback, former Auburn QB that transferred. So, this is going to be their first big test. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. So you can actually watch this one, Jonathan. <laughs> I think it's on Fox. Do you have? Or, a no, no. Actually, it's not 11 a.m. It's at 2:30. But that's still that's, that's still, still before my bedtime. Time. Now, everyone I've talked to has said the same thing. Oregon's going to kill. That's the word they use. Oregon kill. is Oregon is a 20 point favorite. That's what they to say. Vegas. So, John Mark, what I want to know is, what are your thoughts? Do you think Colorado's going to get killed? I think we're just going to know for certain what Colorado is made of out of after this week because I think that <laughs> that was the most like commentator statement ever I'll Listen, tell you what it was a very politician type at the end of this deal. game we're gonna know who won it here's the deal should your Sanders uh his numbers right now he's one of he's one of the uh best quarterbacks in the game right now and so you have to take that yeah. into account Bo Nix is playing at a high level uh, with Oregon, and they have a high-powered offense and That's a, right. a pretty good defense. So you, you've got to figure out when does the rubber meet the road with this team, with this Colorado yeah. team, and I do think this week will be a big test. I, I, this is a big I test. I don't think they're going to win. I think Oregon, because it's in Eugene, it's at Oregon, I, I think Oregon's going to pull out the victory, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than – than the 20-point spread that mm-hmm. Vegas has put. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll okay. see. Wow. Dion has shocked everybody so far. So the doubters, 
the haters That's right. have been exposed. Man, can you imagine if he wins this? I'm going to watch that press conference. If he wins this game, I'm going to watch that press conference. Anything can happen in my mind if they <laughs> well, win this game. Tanisha, once again, I apologize, but we do say that this is a podcast about theology, culture, and all things shades, and technically, that's right. I mean, this does fall under that banner of culture, so, you know, once a year for the fall, this turns into a sports podcast for 100%. a few minutes each week. And two more things, in-state, <laughs> Bama plays Ole Miss. I tried, Tanisha. Bama plays Ole Miss at home. I think Bama's going to get a victory. I think it's going to be very close. I think... They're going to have to do everything they can to stop Kiffin because I think Kiffin's going to pull out all the stops. To, he hasn't beat Saban yet, and this is Alabama's one of their weaker teams that we've seen in several years. So it's going to be a close one. I still think Bama's going to pull it out. Just it's, it's hard to win in Tuscaloosa, mm. uh, but we'll see. And then Auburn plays A and M at Texas A and M. Once again, a tricky game. I don't feel like I know what. Kind of, who it's Auburn another is. big question mark. I don't know who Auburn is yet, and we really don't. We kind of know who well, A&M is. You know is. what I think, JM? I think after this game, we're going to know who Auburn is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely have a so better well idea. We'll definitely have a better idea. We're going to know what this team is made of. Uh, <laughs> my son is playing flag football right now, so that's kind of an update from the Duro household. But that's only one of your boys, and both of them are engaged in sports right now. What's that other one playing? And Zion is playing tennis this fall, <laughs> which has been cool. He just started that last week. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like a beginner's program, so I it's very it. like parent oriented. The, the parents are are you know out there on the court, like helping them with with things. Where so. where did like he go? Dad, I want to play tennis. Like, I don't know. Do you watch tennis, John Mark? Not really. I've watched it before, but I, you know, not religiously. And I don't know. I guess he just decided. Maybe he saw the courts. That's what got me as little kids. There's tennis courts everywhere, and I was like, "Ooh, that well, that's because yeah, you grew up in Country there? Club City. You grew up where there's like five country clubs on every street corner. Yeah, but tennis courts are everywhere. Oh, we my. actually did have a tennis center. Let me tell you what. what, if, what I don't if, think. I don't think I ever. Here's here's the way my upbringing went, Brad. The first time I saw a tennis court, I was like, "Man, where'd this huge ping pong table come from?" Where Jonathan's from, it's all football down it's all, there. It's all football and baseball all and basketball. And baseball. You know, when soccer first came around, we're like, "What confangled European <laughs> thing is this?" Yeah, I mean, it's not like uh, Zion's been like, "Dad, can we watch the U.S. Open? I really want to see how Nadal does like this, <laughs> this weekend." Sure, son. Well, I don't you know, know, it's just funny to me. I think I think tennis is one of those things that, like, if a little kid is interested in it, I'm like, well, I assume their parents are big tennis buffs. Yeah, oh, you know? yeah. So, Jordan and I played tennis for a little bit. We were looking for a couple activities. It's just funny how and, kids can latch on to yeah. random things. Yeah. So that's great. You know, to, to shift gears a little bit, but this is something that's going on in the Brown House. In Shades Midweek, I need your insight and opinions and recommendations. So, guys, this feels I've been trying to convince – manipulate, deceive my wife for a long time into letting me get a smoker, a wood pellet smoker. Are you you all familiar with these things? I I mean, I'm familiar with a smoker in general, the concept. I have not done the deep dive to know the difference between like the electric versus the wood pellet versus the... I've never owned one. Well, the cool thing with these wood pellet smokers that they're making these days is the technology is just fascinating. So not only can you set it at a temp and it will automatically feed 
the wood pellets to keep it at that temp. But you can now connect the smoker to your phone through an app so you can see what the temperature in the meat is. You can see if there's any fluctuations in the smoker. So like when I would hear about people smoking meats, traditionally it was like, oh man, you know, it was a certain type of guy or woman and they would stay up all night, right? And it's like, oh yeah, this is what I did Friday night. I stayed up all night, and, and I was sat like, by the smoker. Yeah, and I was making Kept sure keeping the, the fire and all that. And it was, man, it was man, it was great. You know, sat by my dog, and I'm like, what? I would, who would do that? I would never do that. I would just go to Saw's Barbecue, but with this, you can just set it and leave it. You don't have to do anything, and so. Uh, on my on YouTube, I've been getting all these videos, so now I'm just getting sent all these videos of like how I can do a brisket, how Brad. I can do a pork butt, how I can do smoked chicken, how my burgers will have this smoky flavor, how easy it is to do, and how transformative it will be. And I don't think I'm getting sold anything. I think <laughs> that God might be calling me to this. Brad, so, <laughs> not only do I think you're getting sold something, um, I don't uh. I don't think this has anything to do. Wings? You can do wings on it? I don't think this ribs, has anything ribs? to do. With oh, my gosh. Could you imagine, Jonathan, if I got to do ribs? Slather that barbecue sauce on there. I've had my, – my neighbor did that uh, maybe a year and a half ago. Listen. Smoked some ribs. They were so good. Listen, so good. I support – They just The meat just fell off the bone. I, I was about to say, when is someone going to say fell off the bone? I support this purchase – Okay. Wholeheartedly, as long as I get to be the beneficiary of eating some of these d delights, I sure. support this purchase wholeheartedly. However, I do not believe for a second that the reason you are open to this idea and wanting to pursue it now is because the technology has made it easier. I believe that okay. the reason you are so gung-ho about this mm -hmm. is because you're getting older. I just think that uh, there comes a time where you reach a certain age where you're like, you know what I need? It's, it's, I need a smoker. It's starting to add up, Jonathan, because Brad has taken an increased interest in World War II. <laughs> so he is he is becoming Dadford these things, wholeheartedly. These things check out. He now. had a child, World War II, and now the smoker? <laughs> Listen. When if it walks like a duck... And quacks like a duck. Here's the thing. I went to a barbecue restaurant the other week, and I thought, you know what? I want some wings. Just, you know, that, that thing where there's just a little bit of a chicken on the bone. And I looked at the price, and it was $18 for wings. And you know what you get with that? He sounds like an old man. You get wings. I could just make that myself. <laughs> Can you believe that? You know, you it was eighteen dollars. So now, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stick it to the man. I'm going to go buy a five hundred dollar <laughs> smoker. But, but man, over time, be I mean, but over time, you got to look. You know yeah. what happens? Can you believe it costs an arm and a leg to buy a wing? I mean, seriously. Let's just <laughs> let's just. We needed the, the we needed the, the audience. I appreciated that joke. That. I appreciate that. Joke. I just came up with that yeah. on the spot. Everybody. So my question to the audience is: Do we have any owners? In the congregation, owners of a pellet smoker, Woods Pellet Smoker, if you have one, let me know which one you have and if you enjoy it. If I would really we had to it. guess, based on our membership, this is a fun game. <laughs> if we had to guess, based on our membership, who owns a smoker? Because I, do, I don't know who does, but if I had to guess, who would that be? 
Who oh, who would man. you go to? I, I would at first I was thinking Grant because Grant seems like the type of person that would maybe get into something like that, like buying the smoker. That would be it. one of ten things Grant was into right. simultaneously. I could see that with Grant for but sure. But I don't know if he has a smoker because I've been to his house and I I don't recall. Mm. But I'm trying to think. Also, AJ comes to mind. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I, I could see with AJ, but I don't think AJ does. So does anyone at Shades I could own see a Lan- smoker? I could see Lance Humph owning a smoker if it's one of the smokers <laughs> you just described. <laughs> yes. So um, who else? I mean, I could see Don Jacobson. Yep. Doing a smoker. Yep. Yeah. For certain. Um, I'm trying to think through. It's just hard. You never know. You never know who it's going to be. Wayne McCain might be smoking some meats. That could definitely be a yeah. thing. Yeah. I have a lot of. I feel to, like Kenyon would own a smoker, but have never used it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kenyon. Love you. <laughs> I think if Kenyon had a smoker, yeah. we would all know because I think he would post it about it on Facebook. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. be be like, here, here's, over. here's the recipes for my smoke. You know what I'm saying? Right. right I love no. how this has just turned into a roast <laughs> of our membership. <laughs> Get so uh, maybe this isn't. This. Maybe this was a bad idea. Maybe we cut this part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, so that, that was good. Well, guess. So well, anyway. No. Yeah. Those were good. I, all of that was would, in love. That was in. That love. was in love. Yeah. But well, I would. I would love some insight from anyone. Brad, I think this is great. I think you should get it. Um, I I've heard from folks that say that you don't necessarily have to go out and get the Traeger. The Traeger is obviously kind of the Yeti, the Apple. It's the Yeti. The the Yeti, the the Apple brand, if Mm -hmm. you will. It's got the name. Uh, They're obviously amazing. But here's the problem. But you don't necessarily have to go out and get that when they make the cheaper brands that you can get at Home Depot or Costco. They have all the bells and whistles. They have the Bluetooth technology. They have the app. I know. But, John Mark, do you know what kind of laptop I have? You have a Dell. I have a I have a MacBook. You know what? You know what kind he, of he wants he, the Apple product. You know what kind of cooler? You know what kind of cooler I have? I, I, Hold on, John Mark, We are the, talking to the guy who wants the the smoker that have, that feeds the pellets and is connected to the app. Like that's, that's you, what's so cool, guys. I'm going to send y'all the video. You got the Yeti for free, so let's not. You know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, John Mark got a little defensive when I came in with the Yeti ownership. Because John Mark owns well, 50 I, Yeti coolers. I have Yeti. I own an Apple. I, I get it. I'm with you. I'm kind of like, I love the idea of having a Traeger myself. But. <laughs> uh, okay, but yeah, but this is why I need <laughs> this is why I need insight from others, because I'm, I'm a novice. And barbecuing right. is, it's, you know a, what? it's wonder, an art form. I wonder if David Reese has one. The only reason I say that, because we, we were at their house mm-hmm. this past weekend, and he had two grills. I couldn't tell what they were, but they were both covered. And I was like, he's got something oh, yeah. going on here. He's Cruise. got some different grills going. Cruise. Corey. Corey Cruise. I could see him with a smoker. Cruise. <laughs> a Caribbean cruise. Yes, I could see him doing it. Okay. All right. We, well, we I'm actually going on. to attempt. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to reel this in now because yep. there are people listening at this point that are like, is this even an episode? <laughs> we have is the whole thing just them talking about whatever stream, comes to mind? Stream of consciousness. <laughs> Oh, well, in all seriousness, we actually, so the discussion we had surrounding this episode was almost like having a breather 
episode where believe <laughs> clearly it or, <laughs> believe it or not uh things have been crazy uh around shades just as school has started back up and getting back into the swing of things with the fall and we have not had an opportunity really to just kind of catch our breath as a staff and just one talk about nonsense like we just did that's right uh, so anyway we haven't had a chance really to catch up um just about everything that's been going on here at shades mm-hmm. so and there's a lot going on there is there is a lot going on so that's what we wanted to do today for the episode is we're going to let you listen in on our conversation <laughs> as we catch up with each other and so uh you already heard some of what that sounds like but we thought you know We'd also catch up just over where we've been in the word. So we're going to talk about Ruth here in a little bit and kind Mm -hmm. of do a a Ruth wrap up, but also talk about some things that have happened here recently at Shades uh, and and we'll share our thoughts on those with you just ad hoc right here for everybody to listen in on and then some, some thoughts on some things that are coming up. So yeah, this is a very, when we say we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades, this is absolutely an all things Shades episode and so uh, it's the kind of episode that one josh mcclung loves um uh, yes. really bring him up to speed on everything that's happening and everything that's going on so yeah right. that's where we're headed so let's do the normal stuff now that we've uh, After that done the longest intro. intro ever so let's do the album James album of the This is Tyler Childers. It feels like, I know it probably feels like to some that have been following Midweek the last few weeks that all I do is feature country music right now. I was going to say that. I'm not a big country music fan or stan, but what I am is an appreciator of, is that a word? Yeah. Of good music and good artistry, and one of my favorite artists as of late Tyler Childers just put out a new record a quick little seven song album titled Rustin in the Rain Wow! and this is the first track off of that record called Rustin in the Rain, it's the title track Tyler Childers put out a record last year that I featured and he's just kind of become someone that I follow in the more modern country music scene uh, he's not as mainstream as a luke bryan or some of the more poppy radio country but this is a guy that's a legit songwriter and musician and artist and i just really appreciate what he brings to the table sonically does he, does he play guitar like is that him playing right now he's got a he's got a really awesome band I'm sure that I, 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 he does play guitar for sure, but I don't know if he actually does like the right, solos right. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gotcha. has a killer band, though, that plays live with him. 
So check out this new album that just came out on September 8th. It's called Rustin' in the Rain. Did you guys ever listen to that other Tyler Childers album that I mentioned last year? Can I take my hounds to heaven? Yeah, man. Did you check that one oh, out? Oh, I totally dug that album. I, I I pulled a John Mark. I listened to it while I cut the grass. That's the best way to do it. That's John the best Mark, way I need to take you to make, an album. I need you to make a new country playlist. I could I could maybe do that. That would be I lovely. I could maybe do that. There's so much out there right now. I mean, Chris Stapleton, you know, I mentioned this last, last week or two weeks ago, whenever yeah. it was. You got Chris Stapleton. You got Zach Bryan, not mm-hmm. to be confused with Luke Bryan. You've got... Tyler Childers, you've got Sturgill Simpson, you've got, uh, well, you've got Jason Isbell. I'm not a huge fan of Jason Isbell. <laughs> I uh, love the hesitation, but you got to throw him but in. But you, ha- he, he's important in what's happening. Right he's now. in there for sure. So I think you have to say Jason Isbell in the 400 unit. I think you have to his his wife um, Amanda Shires, Shires I yep. believe. She's another one. There's another uh, female artist named Morgan Wade. Now, she's a little poppier, but she's a songwriter. Like, she's a legit songwriter. Uh-huh. Her band played on the record. Like, she's a great artist. So, Morgan Wade, she just put out a new record. That would be another one that I would probably recommend, and that may become a feature on an album of the week soon. Mm. But, yeah. Okay. There, there's just a lot happening kind of in that genre. Very yeah. exciting. Okay. What's Jason Isbell's wife's name? I haven't heard of her. I think it's Amanda Shires. Yeah, I think's her name. Sorry, I'm just I'm looking up artists and putting them down on the listen to this later. Now I will say I don't think this will become an album of the week because to be frank, there's an album that came out over the weekend that is entirely explicit. Uh, that that would have a parental advisory. But big news in the music world, Puff Daddy, Diddy, dropped his first solo album in 17 years. Oh, wow. And it came out over the weekend, so I did listen to some of that. Like I said already, <laughs> every track has an explicit tag on it. That would be very uncharacteristic for him. <laughs> so, but there were some cool songs on there. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I just had to throw that out there because maybe some people think, man, all you do is pick country music or whatever. Sure. You're it's showing not. There's just some music that I can't necessarily listen, always feature. You're really showing your breath. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, I'll defend you. On, if anyone thinks all you do is pick country music, they've listened to very few episodes <laughs> of this show. This is true. It's very and true. Anyone that would accuse you of not having uh, a variety of selection on the album of the week, like, you're definitely you definitely got some variety going on. So. Yeah, but I appreciate that's my hope and prayer. So that everyone's seen and heard. Yes, <laughs> Brad, you got a book? It's powerful. Maybe some variety, book wise. Got some variety. I need a variety on this. The, a variation, a different version of this theme song thing. All right, welcome all to Bradford's Book Club, y'all. I am so excited about this book. And when I say I'm excited about this book, I mean I am excited about this book. I was walking around the house the other day. I'll go ahead and throw this out there. I've been listening to this book on audiobook, and I was laughing out loud. And Jordan was like, why are you, you know, giggling 
like a little schoolboy, and I said, because this book, you need to read it. Not only was I laughing so hard, there are other moments where the author says some of the saddest things I have ever read in an entire book. So if you want to go on a tumultuous journey of high highs, low lows, comedy, romance, tragedy, insanity, with a crazy ending, all a true story, then you should read the book I'm recommending for this episode, How to Stay Married, The Most Insane Love Story Ever Told by Harrison Scott Key. Let me read from the back cover. You might get a little bit of what the book is like. One gorgeous autumn day, Harrison discovers that his wife, the sweet, funny, loving mother of their three daughters, a woman who spent just about every Sunday of her life in a church, is having an affair with a family friend. This revelation propels the hysterical, heartbreaking action of how to stay married, casting our narrator onto the factory floor of hell, where his wife was now in love with a man who wears cargo shorts on purpose. (laughs) What will he do? Kick her out? Set fire to all her panties in the yard? Beat this man to death with a gardening implement? Ask God for help in winning her back? Armed with little but a sense of humor and a hunger for the truth, Harrison embarks on a hellish journey into his past, past, seeking answers to the riddles of faith and forgiveness. Through an absurd series of escalating confessions and betrayals, Harrison reckons with his failure to love his wife in the ways that she needed most, resolves to fight for his family, and in a climax almost too ridiculous to be believed, finally learns that love is no joke. How to Stay Married is a comic romp, a comic romp unlike any in contemporary literature, a wild pilgrim's progress through the hellscape of marriage and the mysteries of mercy. Woo! And he reads the audiobook, right? He reads the audiobook. Br- Brad was telling me about this book the other day and how it was making him laugh out loud at different points so that Jordan was looking at him like he was insane. Um, and just the way he was describing it, I actually have a few. I did Audible for a little bit and learned I don't listen to audiobooks. <laughs> yep. So I don't do Audible anymore. But I had a few leftover Some credits. credits yep. Yeah. And so I, I snagged it. I haven't started it yet, but I, I have it and I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I Any chance I get when I have a second, I've been putting it on, listening to it in the background. What is so interesting about this is uh, he was already a well-known author and he had uh, – was kind of well known for the humorous stories that he was telling about he and his wife. Hmm. And so that's how he became popular. And so while he was writing these books that were blowing up, I mean, this book is a uh, winner of the Thurber prize for American humor. Like, I mean, he's very well known, very popular. Like while that was all going on, his wife was having the affair. Hmm. And so this book, you just have to read it and you'll know what I'm saying. It's, it is one of the most brutally honest books I think I've ever read. And what makes it so interesting for me is this guy is a Christian. Right. <clears throat> and he talks about his faith throughout the book, yet at the same time, he does not hold anything back. You know, So there might be moments where you're with your friends, you're alone, and you have a moment where you're like, you know what, I'm going to be really vulnerable and share something, a thought that I've had, something that I've been feeling, and then you you say it, you think about it, oh, am I going to say this? 
okay, I'm going to share it, right? And then you leave, and then you're on the drive home, you're thinking, oh, no, you're having a little bit of a vulnerability hangover. I can't believe that I said that. Imagine writing that in a book and then putting it for the world to see because that is what this man has done. It sounds like the Psalms. <laughs> it sounds like the Psalms. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Uh, I was just talking that a friend recommended it to me. He actually came to – so his wife is from Birmingham. Um, and there's a whole story there. But his wife grew up in Birmingham. He grew up in Mississippi. Uh, but he actually came to Birmingham and did a little reading at Little Professor, the bookstore oh, wow. in Homewood, um, which is kind of a cool connection. Uh, but, yes, how to stay married. Oh, also, this is definitely something you don't want to listen to with your kids in the car. <laughs> As I said, he's brutally honest. He's raw. There's some language in it. So, uh you know, viewer discretion advised, listener discretion advised, but check it out. How to Stay Married, the most insane love story ever told by Harrison Scott Key. You'll laugh, you'll cry, I think you'll be amazed at the beauty of the gospel. Small little offshoot on something you just said. Uh, did did you just coin the term vulnerability hangover or did you steal that from somebody? <laughs> Um, I've, I've definitely stolen it from somebody. I mean, I don't, I've I, heard other people say it before. Okay. I, I think that's the first time I've heard that. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I have those after I, I that's a thing. <laughs> um, I'll actually talk about it here in just a little bit as we do a Ruth wrap up. <laughs> um, yes. I think it was, I think, uh, it came to my, my wife said it recently. She okay. was like, she's like, yeah, and I was driving away from that conversation and, oh, I had a little bit of a vulnerability hangover. And yeah. I was like, that's oh, a, that's a real I thing. I was like, yeah, it's a real thing. Like where you feel exposed and you're like, should I have done that? You're Shouldn't like, I have oh, I've, no. Do yeah. I need to text this person and right. further explain yes. w- yes. what I was saying? I'm so sorry for oversharing <laughs> just a second ago. Yeah. Hey, when I was saying this, I didn't mean that. It might have come across that right. way, but right. I definitely don't want you to think that I did it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. If you have yourself, if you feel yeah. yourself having that impulse, you're in the midst of a vulnerability. Yeah, anger. when you said it, I, it was just like, it's like one of those moments when somebody puts words to an experience <laughs> you've had, but have never had words for. I was just like, yes, that touches something in my soul. <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. Yes, yeah, so there it is. Oh. Well, great, great recommendation, and I am very much looking forward to to listening to that. Yeah. Um, well, boys, like we said just a minute ago, uh, we have had so much going on. So what I thought we would do is start by just discussing a few things that have happened recently at Shades that we just haven't had a chance to catch up on. So I've got three for us to run through really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one. We had a root seminar recently. Yeah, yeah. And for those audience who don't loves know, a root seminar. <laughs> and for those who don't know, that's basically our membership class. But what what was crazy about this one? This was the largest root seminar we've had in a long time, and maybe the largest one ever. I don't know. Potentially, it's there was up like there. seventeen or eighteen people there, which is nuts because normally, yeah. and there were yeah. a few that couldn't make it that wanted to be there. Yeah, right? yeah. I was going to say it may have been 20. I can't remember how many you counted, Brad. Okay. It was definitely in, in that 18 to 20 range. Yeah, I just remember it being nuts because normally at the Root Seminar, one of the things we do is we let everybody go around and introduce themselves and share a little bit of their story. And I had to tell everybody. I had to be like, hey, uh, we got to do this really briefly because even if each of you only takes one minute, it's going to take us like 20 minutes right. to do this. Right. Um, so, But it was really cool. And, and, and this is really the thing I wanted to mention off of that um, is 
we're in a season for whatever reason of like there's just a bunch of new folks at Shades. Mm-hmm. Um, I met two couples this Sunday, who it was their first Sunday there, and I don't know, I don't know if like uh, what's going on if if like the Google algorithm is in our favor right now when people search churches or if people are just inviting people, but. I, I wanted to say this and bring it up to all of our current membership of just, hey, let's all be cognizant and aware yeah, each Sunday good. that there's new folks around us and let's keep eyes open for them and just be, I mean, all of us, all of us were, were that person at some point. And so we all mm-hmm. know what it feels like and how much of a difference it makes. You, you can have, you can have two brand new couples in the same room on the same Sunday and one couple gets talked to and invited into something and the other couple doesn't and they will walk away with two very different stories of their experience of that church oh yeah for sure you know and so so yeah just keep an eye out for new folks because there's there's a lot of them out there you know and um yeah just introduce yourself invite them to your community group uh, invite them out for lunch if you're headed out for lunch and or or point them out to us i love it when people do that one of these couples that i met this past sunday it's because um uh, uh, one of our members met them and like intentionally came and got me and got me to come and, and, and speak with them. And mm, so that's awesome. Yeah. So it, it doesn't have to be me and be Brad and be John Mark, be one of the elders, but connecting them with somebody who can follow up with them. Yes. It's really great. Well, and if you are new to shades and this is one of the first podcast episodes you're listening to one, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, They're normally more organized, but two, email us at office at shades. We would love to grab coffee with you to sit down, to get to know you more. If you haven't gotten the opportunity, to do that with us or maybe you've only done it with Jonathan um, I myself Brad John Mark would like to meet with you as well shoot us an email and uh, we can get to know you more and discuss more about what it looks like to get involved in our community yep it's awesome another thing that actually it hasn't happened yet um, and uh, but uh, we want to talk about it anyway and that's the women's retreat uh, which is coming up very right. very shortly and while the retreat itself hasn't happened yet, the reason we're bringing it up right now is because the women's retreat is the first thing that we've done uh, where we did our registration through uh, the, the new Church software Center. we're using, Church Center. Yep. And here's what's awesome. There are, as of this morning, there are 51 women. 51 wow. women registered uh, for the women's retreat. And so I just, man. It's very exciting. Yeah, I know that's going to be awesome. La- was it last year? It was last year, wasn't it, that we did an episode uh, where we did like a women's retreat? Not us reporting on the women's retreat because obviously none of us were there. Yeah, we called folks that went to the retreat. Yeah, that's I thought right. that was last year. And so maybe we'll do something similar yeah. uh, this yeah. year. But Our yeah. very own Shay Wall is going to be doing the teaching. I was talking to her a little bit about this Sunday. Really excited. Oh, that's awesome. Out of Hebrews. Talking about Christ as our great high priest, it's going to be good. It's good stuff. Shout out to my wife, Ashley, for pulling off a lot of the registration stuff and putting that together and helping plan. There's a number of other women that have been involved in the planning. I think Rebecca Lee, Jennifer Cargill, I know Tanisha, Allie Nichols, and I believe uh, Hannah Rubin. So I hope I mentioned everyone. If I left someone off, I apologize. But I haven't been at the meetings. so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I so think thankful for them. I think we're officially changing Ashley's name to just Rockstar Darrow. That's right. 
she's she's done that registration this past sunday uh i i walked into the or walked by the nursery she was keeping nursery oh yeah she like yeah she's she's on the she's uh doing all the things she's on the uh the team to put together a plan to renovate the bathrooms i don't even know if we've really talked about nope that i was about to say i was like you're about to make an official <laughs> announcement <laughs> It's fine. It's not. It's not a secret. Uh, for those of you who who don't know, we hadn't planned on talking about this. But for those, how could you not know? If you've ever used the restroom at Shades Valley Community Church, then you are aware of the fact yeah. that our restrooms could use some TLC. Yeah, the original design was actually inspired by the local prison. So. <laughs> That's the flair that we were going for. Anyway, so uh, a team has been assembled. Ashley is on it. Um, I think Hannah Rubin's on it. Joe Stores uh, is on it. Uh, I think Andrew Thompson. Um, and it's a uh, great team. But a team has been assembled to basically just put together a plan. Start to brainstorm. Yeah, yeah. start to brainstorm. Get a plan together because then obviously after once we have a plan, uh, then, then we got to figure out uh, money. <laughs> like we got right. to do some fundraising or right. something. There is that. But for those of you who have ever walked into those restrooms and gone, man, are we doing anything about this? We, we are trying. We are well aware of the issues. <laughs> we see the problem. The issues <laughs> with our bathrooms. And we are also aware that the three of us do not have the gift set to do something about it. So we have, That's right. we have called upon... Uh, people much more gifted than ourselves. That's right. So yeah, I mean, it, the reality is, and we've probably mentioned this before, but especially for those that are maybe newer listening to the podcast, newer to Shades, you know, we weren't here. The three of us weren't here when this building was purchased, and it is a large facility, and there are a lot of facilities needs. Uh, it's a, it's an older facility. It's an older mm-hmm. facility as well, and so upkeep and maintenance. There's just a lot of it. So if you do see things around the building, chances are we are aware of it and we're trying to mitigate those. Sometimes it just takes time because a lot of the people that that take care of these issues for us, they're volunteers, they have full-time jobs and families themselves, and they take time out of their own schedules to be here. Joe Stores, Taylor Jansen, yeah. I mean, yeah. they have been helping out recently. Been doing a it's ton of stuff. Grant Primo's another one that's always willing to help out. And so if you are ever interested in helping out with facilities needs, just contact one of us and say, hey, is there any way that I can be of service? If you're a handyman, handy, maybe yeah. you have a smoker. Or a handy woman, <laughs> Brad. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, but. <laughs> any and all. I just caught the fact that you said, or if you have a smoker. Um. But, no, seriously, uh, we're always looking for people who want to join that facilities team. Joe Stores is the one who heads the facilities team up. Yep. And um, and sometimes sometimes a facilities need is a matter of uh, funding. Right. You know, and so if you're one of those people out there that just has, like, cash under your mattress um, and you're looking for something to do with it, uh, you know, send, that, send that our way. <laughs> is that a thing? Cash on, sorry, Brad just gave me a really weird look. Or cash in the freezer? If you're a drug dealer and you've been attending <laughs> Shades Valley... Listen, I don't ask questions about where it's coming from. I just thought, bra- I just thought Breaking Bad you, when you said that. If um, you like to bore holes into <laughs> giant books and hide your money in them and then put them on a secret library shelf that opens up to a secret <laughs> passageway to a hidden room. Oh, my word. You're one you, of those. <laughs> do you bury millions of dollars in cash in the Venezuelan rainforest? Dude, no, it'd be, it'd be, uh, it'd be Columbia. Doesn't Columbia, does, that's it. In there, aren't there estimates about how much money is still buried in the ground that have no you, one knows yes, where have it you is lined for, for Escobar? The, have you lined the walls of your home? Have you, have the, you buried a plane in the Caribbean? 
Escobar once lined a couch with like his mother's couch. Yeah, with like two million dollars or something. Yeah, they estimate there is just hundreds of millions of dollars. So if you'd like to put together an expedition team in Colombia <laughs> to go digging. Yeah, there was a oh pretty good uh, there was a pretty good Netflix action movie called Triple Frontier. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. Occasion. Yes, I did watch. It came that. out a couple of years ago. I think they they of course send you a, saw it. They send yeah. a team to go in or something, and there's like they're trying to you know it's like a drug dealer that's hidden all this money in this house. Yep, it's just everywhere. It's just all inside <laughs> the interior of the walls. I'm sure they based that upon Pablo or something like that. Oh my word, that's a fun movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> side note. Anyway, so side note, we are trying to redo the bathrooms. That's that's the moral of the Didn't, story here. Th- Stay with me here. This is all going to connect. Uh-huh. Wasn't there a story that like a while back they found cash in the walls of yes. Joel Olstein's yes. church? Yes, in, in the bathroom. In the bathroom. In the bathroom. <laughs> yes, so the story is that they had hired a plumber. Wouldn't that be amazing Just if we went to renovate there. our bathroom and in the walls we found <laughs> enough money to take care of every facilities need we have? We could only hope. I wouldn't question it. Nope. So they hired a plumber to do the bathroom work. He goes into this stall, and the toilet is loose or something. So he's moving it, you know, to do some work. And when he moves it, all this cash, there was a hole in the wall behind the toilet somehow. All this cash is there. I mean, seriously, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Props not, to this plumber. Not like plumber. 10 grand, like probably like 500K. Right. Props to this plumber for telling somebody. <laughs> yeah. Because how many plumbers would say, like how many would be like, well, I uh, I could just, you know. <laughs> just going to need a couple extra bags. No one's going to know anything. Oh my. But they never found out how it got there or why, right? I they never found so. out. I don't, you know, it sounds like one of those things where, you know, in the movies <laughs> when people go and hide something somewhere when it's still under construction and then they do the construction <laughs> later and they're like, oh, my gosh, I oh can't no. even get to I the can't. money now. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those situations. Oh, my word. Anyway. All right. So, yeah, so bathrooms. So um, 51 women signed up for the women's retreat. Yes. Um, So (laughs) the the other thing I wanted to mention really quickly is uh, men's discipleship group. We've talked about this a couple of times. It started back up. Um, It meets every other Tuesday at 6.15 in the morning. If you've been doubting whether or not you should come, you totally should. There were 27 men here yesterday morning at 6.15 a.m. 6.15. Um, yeah, amazing. And, and Kenny McCants actually slept here. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> he was the here. first one here. Uh, it's a great group, and so if you've been looking to get to know other guys at Shades or – Yeah, know, there were it, guys hanging out here till 8. Yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome. All right, well, so those are the things that kind of have already been happening or, or – the women's retreat will happen, but it's signups yes. have happened. That's right. Um, and so we have a few things that are coming up real quick that uh, that we'll run through really quick, and then I guess we'll do a Ruth wrap up uh, after Brad leaves because Brad has a hard a hard end time that he's got to leave right here. Get to meet with one of our beloved Shades members. So <laughs> you want to you want to tell everybody who it is and what it's about? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, all right. So, um, so a couple things that are coming up. One is uh, kitchen hangouts. Kitchen hangouts. So, for those who don't know, we do have a kitchen here at Shades Valley, one that was long desired, and eventually there was enough money raised, and it has been used at various times for various things. But well, this is a brand new thing, organized by none other than Christy Crump. It is her brainchild. She came up with this idea. Yep. 
And so, John Mark, you want to tell us a little bit about what Christy's doing? Yeah, so Christy is going to take an afternoon after the Sunday morning service, actually this Sunday, September 24th, probably a few hours, and people have been signing up and registering once again through Church Center. What a great platform and app this Church Center My has goodness. been. My so gosh. helpful. <laughs> they are going to make 12 freezer meals, which can be used to bless the community. They're going to make Mexican beef and rice casserole. It's gluten-free for those oh. who watch the gluten. And so people are bringing ingredients. They've signed up. And there's just going to be a group of, I think, like 14, 15 people have signed up yeah. for this thing. It's an incredible turnout. They're going to be in the kitchen making these meals, throw them in the freezer. So if somebody has a baby and they need a meal that week, there will be one ready to go. If yeah. someone's in the hospital, hey, here's a meal for you. Yeah. So, Or really even awesome. if we get, like, sometimes here at Shades, we get, like, walk-ins. Yep. Like, people in need requesting help. 100%. And we have a food pantry. Um, which is helpful, but a lot of times people who are walking in and requesting help uh, don't always have a way of like preparing food, but this is something yep. that's already prepared. It's just reheatable. Very cool. You know? And well, so, one of the cool things that she said too is like, this is really for anyone. So right. say that you like you have a stressful week coming up and you're like, you know what? I just can't do meals. Christy's like, I want that person to feel open to go in there and to take a meal for their family. We want to bless the community. And I was like, Christy, so in that's other words, absolutely my incredible. will be using this every week. <laughs> so first, first come, first serve. So that's, that's what John Mark and I just I, heard. Honestly, I think this, this is going to be a fight to the finish. This will be very popular. I heard the same thing too, Jonathan. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was like, well, so, we're getting it. <laughs> there's an, listen, if you didn't get to volunteer for this when you're out of town, there's another kitchen hangout that's going to happen that I put on the calendar. It's October 22nd. Probably still su subject to change, but that's what Christy told me the second date would be. So we're going to do more of these, and I think the hope is to get into a regular rhythm and that that the freezer just gets full of meals for people. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's, it's just a great idea. And it just becomes a regular Love thing it. of them being prepared and put in there and then being given out as well. Um, if, if, if you miss any of these dates or you're like man i can't remember when john mark said that was he just mentioned he put it on the calendar uh, what he's talking about is you just go to our website shadesvalley.org and there is a button at the top of the website that says calendar and you can see all the details about all the upcoming stuff which includes not just the kitchen hangout but something called family meals mm. we are having our first of these our first family meal together, and it is coming up, not this Sunday, but the next, Sunday, October the 1st. And what this is, is it's literally just going to be a meal right after the service where we're all going to be able to hang out, fellowship together, all of those kinds of things. For the one on October the 1st, uh, our very own Jesse McLaughlin. McLaughlin. I knew I was going to mess it up. Sarah McLaughlin. 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 It's with a, yeah. is that McLaughlin. The, in the arms of oh, my word. Jesse McLaughlin, uh, who served as a chef in the Navy, is going to be, uh, he's going to be our chef for that day. He's going to be making carnitas, pork tacos, authentic pork tacos, the kind you get from like a, uh, a taco truck where it's like just the cilantro and the, the onions and, uh, and there'll be chips and salsa to go with it. Um, suggested donation of $7. All of that is going to go to support the coffee ministry here at Shades. Um, and, and to try and fund that caffeine shot that everybody right. needs on Sunday morning. Um, but so, so a couple of birds with one stone right here is what mm -hmm. we're doing. But anyway, 
an email just went out today where you can pre-order that uh, that meal if if you would like to. That would definitely help us out, knowing how much to prepare. Yep. Uh, but mm-hmm. so this lunch is going to happen Sunday, October the first, right after the service. And the primary point of it, this is why this is a new thing, because people may be thinking, well, what's different what's from new? picnic in the parks that we've done in the past, other than the fact that you're making a lunch and we're going to do it in the building. The big difference is this. Um, The primary goal of this is to help the congregation have a point of connection with church leadership, primarily uh, the pastoral staff and elders. Um, And so, and really, I mean, primarily the elders, because everybody knows who the pastoral staff is. They see us every Sunday. We're doing stuff from the front and all of that. But oftentimes, because our elders uh, don't necessarily aren't in front of the congregation all the time, you know, it can be like, well, who exactly are the elders? Maybe I haven't been to the website. They are on the website. You can go check them out there. Um, But maybe I haven't done that. Or maybe I've been at Shades a long time. And because there's a rotation, maybe I don't know who the current elders are or or active or what have not. Or maybe I have questions about uh, what's going on or maybe a decision that was made or this, that, or the other. But I don't know, like... I feel a little weird about reaching out to an elder. That feels a little too formal or, or, or whatever. This is to provide a connection point for all of that. It's to provide a point for you to be able to see who are the current active elders at Shades, be able to sit down with them over lunch, ask questions about what's going on, or maybe you have a question about a decision that was made. And this just gives you a connection point for that. Our permission, elder, if you will. Yeah, our elders are accessible anytime. Like, you can email the elders, you can contact an elder, you can do all of those kinds of things. But all of those things require initiative on your part. So what this is, is this is the elders taking an initiative and going, we want to sit down with you. And and hopefully that makes it more inviting and just, we're going to do these probably like once a quarter or so, so several times a year. And this is just our first one, so be patient with us as we're learning how to make it work well. Uh, but that's that's what it is, and that's what the goal is for it. Love it. Yeah, we're all really excited about it. Please make sure to register, as Jonathan said, through Church Center. It's up right now, so you have a couple of weeks to go and register. You can pre-order how many meals you want. So let's say, uh, you know, like for example, if I register, I can go in, I can order a meal for myself. I can also order a meal for Ashley and my two children. It's all right there. And you can pay through church center. That way it's all taken care of. So on that Sunday, when, when the service is over, go to the foyer, stand in line, tell them your name and they'll get your order ready. It's going to be street tacos, with a side of chips and salsa, corn tortillas, cilantro, onions. It's going to be great. We're really excited. Final thing that's coming up that we wanted to mention is oh, we got a worship night coming up. Worship night. That's right. We haven't done one in a while. The last one we did was back in April. This one's going to be on October 18th on Wednesday night in the sanctuary starting at 630. I've already talked with SVCC Youth. I've talked with Prayer that meets on Wednesday nights. They're going to be joining us. This is an opportunity for the, for those that don't really know what a worship night is or what it is that we do. The idea is to have an extended time of prayer and worship that we would not normally get during our Sunday morning services. And 
this is just an opportunity. It's, it's an open invitation to anyone in the body. You can come and worship freely on these evenings. I mean, it's really that simple. There's yeah. nothing, nothing too crazy about it. We're not, you're not going to have to do anything weird. We're just going <laughs> to, we're going to sing songs. We're going to praise the Everyone Lord. is required to, <laughs> yeah. to dance an inspirational right. dance. <laughs> There's going to be an open mic for, for prayer. And so it's just, it's a great night. We've really enjoyed it the last few times that we've done it. And yeah, it's a family friendly atmosphere. It is. You can, you can bring your kids. Some people will grab dinner beforehand and come and hang out for a little bit in the foyer and eat their yeah. dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll probably have a few tables set up in the foyer you can come at 6 p.m., bring your dinner, eat, fellowship with others. If you've got kids, it's totally okay. Listen, we are, we've talked about the living room environment at Shades Valley. So don't ever feel like, oh, well, I've got three kids. They're going to they're gonna be loud. They're going to be making noise. We're going to have some activity sheets in the back for the children to color and play. Even if you only get to stay for 30 minutes, that would just yeah. be, I think it would just be a blessing. You get to, you get to hang out with other folks. It's going to be a great night. That, that was the other thing I was going to mention is if you're like, yeah, I got kids and I can come, but it's a school night. How late does this thing go? I mean, you're talking extended worship, John Mark, you right, know, I right. mean, and we know you come from a Pentecostal background. <laughs> Are you going to like 1030? <laughs> like it, it's, the, you can stay till the end of the night, but you don't have to like you can show leave up when you need to and, yeah leave when you need to it's a very very free flow environment like that so we yeah. hope that you'll be able to come and be a part well bradford apparently has more important things to do than to stay for the end of this podcast I, I still think we're probably you know there's so many podcasts we have to be the only podcast where a person from time to time just leaves in the middle of it right <laughs> i mean like maybe no, brad who, has said this who, before who else does this right well, nobody's doing this who else does this on this podcast john mark do you do this do i do this yes <laughs> i you think do I've, i think i've had I can to go leave. back and cite examples <laughs> jonathan no has it's left. true i definitely I, have left <laughs> i think i left one time in the middle of the episode oh, i word. can't remember what it was for all right so i'm going to meet with the traeger rep so i'll see you guys later <laughs> Oh, well, we'll see you later, Bradford. And and this is not the middle of the episode. We're almost done, I yeah. promise. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan, why don't you bring us home, man? I'll bring us So what we're going to do, since this is just a catch-up episode and us to be able to talk about everything happening at Shades, uh, we just finished Ruth. And so I thought it'd be fun for us to just kind of wrap that up, you know, just... I don't know what Ruth was like for. Uh, I mean, because really, I mean, I know we did Judges, and we did a, a wrap-up session on Judges, Judges and Ruth really kind of go together, and I'm very thankful that they do, because <laughs> right. after like the uh, somewhat dark, depressing nature that judges can have, which hopefully we've all seen how it's it's not that there is the beauty of the gospel that shines through it, but but Ruth really does swing in like a breath of fresh air. Um, it, it moves in the opposite direction, whereas Judges starts with everything at the best point it possibly could and goes down into the darkness. Ruth starts down in the darkness. And moves us towards just this beautiful picture of redemption. Mm. Um, and so I just have a couple of wrap-up thoughts uh, kind of here along the way. And, JM, you're more than welcome to, to jump in, whether it's with things you've thought of or whether it's on on top of, of these things. But, man, one of the things I, I love, and I really felt this as I went through, through Ruth, is I think, maybe people will argue with me, I think Ruth is the pinnacle of storytelling uh in in scripture like just from a literary standpoint like it's 
it's compact. It's this tight, compact, short story. And there's not a word that's wasted. Like mm-hmm. It's all important. And it's just told so well and so beautifully. Like, I, I think often when we when we uh, read ancient literature, like, we feel the datedness of it, like, very much so. You know, this is not how we write stories now kind of thing. I feel like Ruth is potentially the place where we feel that the least in the biblical narrative. Like, I feel like it grips readers a lot, um, still now, in the way that it did. And so it was just a blast to, to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but as always, like as you walk through uh, a, a biblical book like this, there are things that, as a pastor, you wish you could bring out. There's only so much time. There's no time. <laughs> There's only so much time, John Mark, on a Sunday morning. So there are things you wish you could bring out or talk about that are just beautiful that you can't. And so I've got just a, a, a few things. Some of them I got to mention, but we didn't get to sit in them as long as I would like to. The first one is the Rahab connection. So uh, I, I don't remember which sermon it was that I mentioned this in. But uh, Rahab, it, there, there are lots of connections actually in the book of Ruth to prior events, things that have taken place before. And man, I wish we could explore them in more depth. But one of the most beautiful is this connection to Rahab. So when the people of Israel come out of Egypt or led through the desert for 40 years and they finally get to enter the promised land, the first city they conquer is the city of Jericho. And there's a very famous story about the spies going in to spy out the city and they are hidden by right. Rahab. Rahab is a prostitute there in Jericho. She trusts in the Lord, hides these spies, and as a result, her family is spared. Um, And what the connection is to the book of Ruth is, well, Rahab uh, marries and has a son, and that son is Boaz. And so this is what puts Rahab, we, uh, you know, we all know from Matthew chapter 1 that Rahab is in the line of Christ. This is what puts her in the line of Christ. Um, and so the beautiful connection there is like Boaz, his, his kind of disposition Throughout the entire story, his disposition towards Ruth as an outsider, uh, as uh, as a, a woman who might have been looked at through a particular lens in that culture, like like his disposition, you you get the sense that the reason he is uh, gracious and uh, loving and open towards her, like it, towards her, it's there has to be some influence from his mother and his mother's own story, and how she came to be included within Israel. And so, man, it's just this beautiful picture uh, of the gospel and the gospel's impact uh, in subsequent generations and multiple generations. And it becomes this beautiful picture of inclusion in, um, in the genealogy of Christ, because two generations in a row, you get these women mentioned in Jesus' genealogy of uh, Rahab, followed by Ruth, both uh, who would have been considered ethnic outsiders, um, and Rahab, who would have morally been considered an an outsider because she had been a prostitute, um, both of them being brought in and included in these beautiful, uh, redemptive ways that speak to the heart of what God is doing in the gospel. So... Anyway, that's just one of those things that I wish we'd had a little bit more time uh, to, to sit in, but I think it's one of the most beautiful connections 
another one that we didn't get to mention at all is this. And maybe this is, we can talk about this more on another day. But fun fact, the order of our Old Testament books in our Bible is not the same order that they are in in the Hebrew Bible. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that, and that's why I said maybe we can get into that another day. And sure. there's actually, the, it, it's kind of funny to talk about an order of the Hebrew canon because there's actually more than one. Um, but one of the main ones, one of the main ways that the Hebrew Bible is put together, um, Ruth doesn't follow judges. It does in our Bible for obvious reasons. Like there's the historical connection there and the way we've organized the books. But in one of the most popular versions of the Hebrew canon, do you know what book Ruth follows? I do not. It follows the book of Proverbs. And the reason for that, John Mark, is Proverbs 31. Ah. Do you know the famous Proverbs 31 passage? Yeah. Yes. So Proverbs 31 is this really famous passage uh, that paints this picture of like womanhood. And like wise biblical womanhood. And here's one of the reasons I love the fact that Ruth follows on the heels of Proverbs 31. Um, is because sometimes uh, Proverbs 31 will get talked about and there can almost be this like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Um, I don't know, this feeling of like this is overly idealistic. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is holding up a picture of uh, womanhood that's unattainable that no woman can live up to and that kind of thing. Which, on on the surface of it, like I I would push back and be like, okay, this is in Proverbs, first of all. Proverbs Proverbs are holding up ideals, you know. And and, and the goal of it is not to make any woman feel less than or any of those kinds of things. The the goal of it is to to paint um, a picture of of wisdom and womanhood and that kind of thing and and to praise women who pursue uh, wisdom and womanhood. Um, but on top of that, he, he, here's the thing that I think is so beautiful about this. Ruth gets set next to this per, on purpose in the Hebrew canon to put Ruth for as a practical, tangible example of a Proverbs 31 mm. woman. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if if proverbs are holding out to us like uh, idealistic kind of like pictures then we get kind of these practical examples of how this stuff works out on the ground and ruth is held forward as that and, and here's why this is so awesome and so beautiful things don't go perfect in ruth's life on on any level like so what's what's this beautiful picture of a faithful wise woman well it's it's a woman who man she can go through much tragedy uh, but she clings to the lord and she loves others well it's not the woman who ranks highest in society's eyes ruth was not that at all it's not a woman who uh is able to you know, generate a lot uh, to offer materially, like wealth or, or what have not. I mean, Ruth was was impoverished. Um, but here's here's what we know about Ruth. Ruth loved faithfully um, both her 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 mother in law and then Boaz. and and also, I mean, realizing I mean, Ruth didn't do that perfectly. None of us have done that perfectly. Um, 
but yeah, it's just this beautiful picture of on the ground. It's it's not what you would expect, I think. I think that's what I'm saying. Like when you read Proverbs mm-hmm. 31 and you're like, all right, well, what would this look like in reality? Yeah. Your mind does not go to the story of Ruth. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for that to follow on the heels of that and be like, here, here's what this looks like. Let's let's look at not a woman the world would choose on any any stretch after reading Proverbs 31. Um, it's kind of like, I mean, the, the Bible does this a time and time again, right? It, it like totally, um, uh, surprises or upsets our expectations. So, uh, another place this happens is if we were going to go, okay, who's going to be the mother of the Messiah? Like none of us are picking Mary, you know, but that's, that's what God does. Yeah. No, you know, he he comes to Mary in her humble estate and and looks on her heart and 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 chooses her and it's just such a beautiful picture and and one of the things that's really cool about the story of Ruth and the story of Mary is there's actually a ton of parallels. Um, the I preached through Ruth in Advent of 2013. If you want to go back and find that, it's a much younger Jonathan preaching. <laughs> so be patient with him. That would have been my first year. Yeah. 2013. Yeah, yeah your first Advent. But yeah. it was called the Advent of Hope. And that's what I do throughout that story is I compare and contrast Ruth's story with Mary's story and draw out those similarities. Um, and there's just tons there. But but part of that is due to uh, the similarities between Ruth and Mary as as women and so yeah that's just another really neat kind of little factoid that we just did there was just yeah, nowhere to love it to, yeah, to bring that right up. <laughs> um one uh one last uh fun thing and then i'll say something just about my experience of preaching ruth um one last fun it is a theological fun thing that we didn't really get to sit in is we talked about how the story of of Ruth, um, it becomes a picture of the gospel. Boaz is like a type of Christ. There's a lot about his life that foreshadows Christ and what he will do. And and so you're able to see kind of if, if we look at Ruth as like a picture of like the church, as a picture of uh, God's people um, in need of redemption, you know, and Boaz is a redeemer who uh, saves uh, and who comes in and, and through marriage, like all of this runs through marriage, redeems Ruth. All of this runs parallel to what Christ does with the church, his bride, and he chooses her and redeems her. And, and there's a lot of those parallels. You can push it even further, though, um, in what's really, really beautiful right here. If you look at Naomi as representative of God's uh, covenantal people, uh, the Jews, and Ruth as representative of the Gentiles and the way in which Boaz's redemption of Ruth redeems both her and Naomi. It incorporates Ruth as a Gentile in, and it's this beautiful picture of what God does in the gospel through Christ Mm -hmm. of how he incorporates the Gentiles into this salvation plan. And so Ruth becomes this beacon, this example of, of Gentile inclusion mm. through the gospel. So it's just another one of those details of the story that is is like this foreshadowing that's really, really beautiful. Um, final thing. 
Final yep. thing I'll say, and that's my experience of preaching, Ruth, particularly this past Sunday. Um, I told yesterday we did have just a brief moment to talk about right. uh, Ruth um, as a pastoral staff. And I told Brad and John Mark that this past Sunday, particularly Ruth chapter four, I'd never felt more naked while preaching, mm. which may have been an extreme way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I meant like vulnerable, like exposed. Um, and, and I had a bit of a vulnerability hangover. That's why I was talking to y'all about right. it. That's, that's why Brad saying that earlier, I was like, oh, that's, that's right. my experience. There it is again. Yeah. Oh, um, but I basically, I, I talked about one of the deepest, uh, things. I don't know how to put it like a heart ache or a heart hurt. Um, all of us, I think have these things that are deeply ingrained in our hearts um core core beliefs or core lies that we believe there there are ways that the enemy i think can really easily mess with each of us and for me one of those that i talked about on sunday particularly is belonging um and kind of the enemy can can mess with me about jonathan you don't belong um, and, and it's taken a lot, a lot of time and a lot of years and a lot of different situations to realize that's a core lie that, that I believe. Um, but it just, it touched down, it, it, it touched down with kind of the, uh, picture of what's happening in Ruth chapter four, where Ruth hasn't really had anywhere to belong throughout the entire story. She's constantly been called Ruth the Mo- Moabitess, the foreigner, the stranger, the, uh, and, and in Ruth four, Boaz claims her. And, and she's incorporated into the people of God, and she has a place to belong. She has a rootedness in a family. And, and that being a picture of what Christ does for us in the gospel, that he takes us in and makes us belong and all of that. And so I had this moment as I was studying and preparing to preach where that just hit deep in my heart and, and, and touched this nerve. Mm-hmm down in me. And it's where it really, it's where Ruth just really began to minister to my own soul. And this is what I wanted to talk about. Like, this is one of those weird moments as a preacher where you have a decision to make about how much do you talk about the way the text connects with your own life and, and how much this is ministering to your heart. Um, Brad talked about this recently. Uh, he, he, on Shades Midweek, he talked about how Dr. Smith, uh, Dr. Smith would often ask us, uh, in, as we would be preparing a sermon, he would say, where's Jonathan in this sermon? Where's Brad in this sermon? Like, Mm -hmm. like, and that's the question of like, how does this impact you? Where are we seeing kind of that happen? Because it can help people to see how the text touches down in their own life. And that, that is a good thing. But one of the difficulties I think about when you are the primary preacher and teacher in a place and you teach most often kind of week after week and all of that is if you do that in every single sermon, it can start to feel sometimes like you make the sermons about yourself. Right. You know, like it's like here's Jonathan's personal share time, you know, and 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 I'm a four on Enneagram four. I have a very... Uh, I have a knack of making things all about me anyway, things that aren't about me. I just kind of put myself at the center of the universe. Um, and, and so, like, that's, that's one of those places that I wrestle 
when I'm like working through a sermon is like, do I share about the way this touches my own life personally? How much do I share about that? And, um, but man, like this just, I don't know, like, like I don't do it every week. I don't do it all the time. Um, but as I was preparing, like, like Ruth just kind of rocked me in such a way. Like I hadn't seen really that aspect of it before. And it feels like it's just such a main point. Um, and it just kind of rocked my heart in that way. And I just felt like the Lord was leading me like to share that shades is a place that I think more than other places invites vulnerability and allows its leadership to be vulnerable. Like I have felt allowed over the years to talk about my own struggles and to talk about things I'm feeling and stuff like that. Um, and, and I felt like it was appropriate to do that this week because I felt like this is a common enough core lie that I think tons of us feel and struggle with that I was like, man, I really, I just, if anybody else needs to feel Ruth speak to their heart in this way, I want, I, I want them to feel that and to see that. I did have a vulnerability hangover. Um, <laughs> on Monday where I'm like, did I share too much? Was that too much? Did I get a little too open there? Um, but, but that's one of those things that I think, you know, you wrestle with in preaching and, um, and I'll probably have a vulnerability hangover tomorrow with that. I share too much on shades. Midweek. <laughs> um, but, but I don't know. It was the most beautiful point in Ruth that was just driven down deep into my heart. And so, yeah, I, I, I felt the Lord leading me to, to share in that direction on Sunday. And, yeah, I, I just want to encourage people that, like, when you listen to a sermon, um, whether the, the preacher or the pastor goes there each week or not, it is somewhere that each of us as listeners should go in asking, like, where am I in the midst of this? Like, where does this touch down in my life? How does the gospel come to bear on my heart? Uh, through Ruth or through whatever it is that that we're hearing, and so, yep. No, yeah, I was I was appreciative of what you shared, and I think there were a number of people within the body. I'm sure you've talked to several of them already that were touched uh, by how you shared during the sermon. I mean, Jeff Steiglater got up, uh, which he's he's just been through so much uh, recently, and got up and shared. And so I know that it uh, the Lord was definitely using using that moment for good. Mm-hmm. So. So I definitely appreciate that. On a on a uh, on a lighter note, uh, before we wrap up talking about Ruth, let's say there are some folks that are interested in learning more about Ruth, maybe doing a deeper dive. Are there any refer uh, any, any books or anything resources that you would, and things resources like that? that you would recommend? Yeah, totally. Um, so the primary two, if you want a uh, more technical side of things that's going to like talk about like Hebrew and things of that nature, I would recommend the exact same resource that I did uh, for judges. And it's, it's, it's one volume and it's got both books and you'll find that a lot. Uh, Judges Ruth is, is for commentaries that are often collected together um, because Ruth is so short. Um, But uh, Daniel Block wrote the commentary in the NAC, the New American Commentary. Um, it's uh, unless they've updated the covers on them, it's got like a blue dust jacket on it. 
Um, it's not very attractive, uh, but it's probably expensive and it's very technical. It might put you to sleep, but that's a, that's a really good resource. I am I just the Jonathan Hayes disclaimer. I don't agree with him on everything, but it's helpful. Another commentary, but is a much easier read. Um, and man, I'm trying to remember her name right now. I'm going to have to look this up. Uh, I cannot remember if her first name or her last name uh, is Hannah. But it's so, so the ESV, like the ESV Bible that Crossway prints, they have put out a series of ESV commentaries. I don't know exactly how many volumes uh, it is, but multiple books are in each volume. And so the volume I'm talking about is volume two, which covers Deuteronomy to Ruth. Um, and the Ruth commentary in there, let me find her name. There, ah, Her last name is Hannah. I knew it was either her first or last name. Mary Wilson Hannah uh, wrote the Ruth commentary in there. And it is super readable, very easy to read, and I found it to be like, I honestly, I found it even more helpful than Daniel block uh, for mm. preaching Ruth. It was just, I thought she was fantastic. So those would be my top two uh, recommendations. Both of them are commentaries. I know both of them are a little bit more expensive, um, but both of them just, just super helpful. You know what I really wish would happen? Just talking about Ruth is like being the pinnacle of biblical storytelling as yeah. an art form. I wish that there would be just a killer like movie of Ruth. I like, I, yeah, I just, I think it, I think it could so easily be adapted to just a stellar screen. I know people have different feelings about that, about making like biblical narratives, and right. Movies and stuff like that. I'm totally fine. Like if it was done well and true to the source material, I know they'd have to elaborate and take liberties and yada, yada. yada. I, I don't care. I just think it could be a beautiful film. Um, but I don't know. Another story for another day. Love it. I'm sure there's a Ruth movie out there somewhere. It's yeah, just, I mean, maybe... It's just, it's just probably not any good. Maybe, uh, I mean, what's the deal with The Chosen? I mean, they've done they've done a ton of stuff. I mean, yeah. that's, they're kind of doing more, I guess, like the story of Jesus. Yeah, it's the story of Jesus, yeah, yeah. But maybe they, maybe they touch on some other books. I don't know. It's had a lot of success, so yeah. you never know. Well, I know this has been a really long episode that has probably felt really, really random. I think we'll entitle it something like the catch-up episode or the just-for-fun episode, something like that. But I hope that you have had a good time listening to all things Shades, things that have been happening, things that are happening, and just a Ruth wrap-up. So I hope you stuck around longer than Brad. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to inter to interact with the podcast, you just email midweek at shadesvalley.org. We love to read your emails and hear your thoughts on episodes and Maybe maybe you have some ideas for some future episodes. That's happened several times where people have written yeah. in and then we made it happen. So. Absolutely. And we got a lot a lot of fun stuff coming up. And so we're excited about those episodes. But this has been a just for fun one. Thank you for listening to Shades Midweek. We will 